1: We say, Dear Jesus, and we talk to him like he's a sentimental friend. Do you realize you're talking to someone who has all the power in the universe? Who has all the authority in the universe? He could snap his fingers and galaxies would disappear.
0: That's Pastor Michael Accentanko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. We will conclude the message we started the last time we were together, a part of the Revelation series entitled the Pentacractor right now. And we sure are happy that you joined us. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Stay tuned at the end of today's broadcast. I'll have information on how you can attend the worship service in person if you would like. You can also attend anytime online at reachinghearts.org/video. That's reachinghearts.org/video. Let's continue now in the Revelation series with the conclusion to the Pantocrator. Here is Pastor Mike.
1: He said, "We are standing between two mountains, Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. We are standing between two seas, the Sea of Galilee and the Sea of Glass. We are standing between what was and what will be. I mean, I just sat there and melted when I heard that. I said, man, how could I ever do that? I could never do that. Now, I couldn't hope to come up with stuff like that. Elder Bradford is unique in preaching, in my view, and so is Elder Richards. But I sure liked it when I heard it from the voice of a man of God who was trying to be a Christian minister. HMS Richards Jr., special person in my life. Dear heart, we are standing between the two poles of time and eternity right now. We are standing between the two eternities at the center of God's concern right now. We are standing between the forever that was then and a timeless tomorrow that will be. And we are in the middle of God's concern. And between the two forevers that matter, the voice of our Father God is calling out to you personally as if you are the only object of His love in all of time and eternity. Do you hear the voice of God calling you today? It is the voice of love that calls you. That is the truth that stands between the eternal poles of Alpha and Alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. The truth is God. The I am here God calls you. He hears you. He loves you. Revelation 1.8 again, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Pantocrator, the Almighty. Now the word translated Almighty in Revelation 1.8 is the Greek word Pantocrator. God is the Pantocrator in the Greek, the Almighty. Now, what does this Greek word Pantocrator really mean? The word Pantocrator comes from two distinct words in the Greek language. Panta means everything. With a definite article, it can mean Tapanta, the universe. Krator means one who holds or to hold. So you put it together, the Pantocrator God is the God who holds everything together. That's who He is, the Almighty. The stuff between Alpha and Omega is the everything we call the universe. And everything, dear heart, means you too. The everything that he holds includes you. You were in his plan. You are in his hand. You're part of the universe he holds. And the one who holds everything is the one who holds on to you. John made this so clear in Revelation 2, one. God's hand is that holds everything is the hand of Jesus Christ who holds the seven stars. Revelation 2.1, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. The Greek verb krator is used right here in the verbal form as kraton, as a participle. Jesus is more than a man. Christ is the God-man who holds the seven stars, symbolizing the ministers of the seven churches, and by extension, the seven churches, the church universal. He holds it in his hand. Just as God holds the universe by his power, Jesus holds the universal church in his hand. The book of Hebrews says in Hebrews 1.3, He, meaning Jesus, reflects the glory of God. He bears the very stamp of his nature, upholding the universe by the word of his power. I mean, Christ's power, Christ's word holds every atom in your body together. It holds the sun and the moon and the systems of the universe together. And if he can do that, he can hold your life together. It says, when he had made purification for sins, that means your sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He sat down because the work of the cross was a finished work. I mean, this business that the cross did not accomplish The atonement that was necessary for our sins to be purified is utter foolishness as far as the Bible is concerned. Christ has done for you what you cannot do for yourself. He has gained a victory in time that is the reason you can live in time. He has accomplished in the past a salvation in Jesus that becomes your salvation by faith when you accept Jesus. He holds everything by the word of his power. That means Jesus is the Pantocrator God, the holder of everything. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. We say, Dear Jesus, and we talk to him like he's a sentimental friend. Do you realize you're talking to someone who has all the power in the universe? Who has all the authority in the universe? He could snap his fingers and galaxies would disappear. He says, all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The I am here God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one name, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. I mean, Christ is here. Christ has not forgotten you He has not rejected you. He is drawing you and calling you between the poles of Alpha and Omega. Christ is the omnipotent Word of God and the almighty authority of God that holds everything together between the two poles of Alpha and Omega. Dear heart, Jesus is the Word of God that calls out to you. He is the Word. He is the call that you must answer to. Jesus is not an afterthought. If Christ was a created being and the plan of salvation be an afterthought. This is the problem with a the theology that has Jesus created by God. If Christ is a created being, then we do not have an I am Redeemer. We do not have an eternal plan. We do not have one who is one with God who can reveal God. Jesus is God's only plan to save the universe. He is the guarantee of the everlasting covenant. God's name, it says in Exodus 23, 20, and 21, is in him. And he would guard and lead his people to the promised land. God's plan has always been and will always be Jesus. There is no plan B to save you or me. In Christ we have an almighty savior who is able to save with pantocrator kind of power any person who comes to God through him. Hebrews 7:24 but speaking of Jesus Christ holds his priesthood permanently. Now he doesn't have it one day and it's gone the next. It says he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently verse 25 or therefore he is able think about that because Christ is here and he will never go away he has the power of an indestructible life consequently he is able for all time to save those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them your security is not based on how good a Christian you are your security is not based on whether or not you fail or fall or trip up or not Your security is based on the power of one who is able. And when you link yourself by faith in baptism, and then you hang on by faith, be it wobbly faith at that, the one who is able for all time to save, because God has done that in him at the cross, will save you. Christ is the content, core, and essential message of the everlasting gospel. In the book of Revelation, we hear the voice of God and we see the voice of Jesus as his visible word holding the heart that cannot hold itself as Jesus holds the seven churches in his hand. Friend, you are in his hand. God is the Almighty, and the Father and the Son are an almighty tag team, Yahweh, I am here, God, that will not let you down in the troubled times of life. Revelation eight is drawn from a statement Moses made in the Old Testament as he described God's tender care for his people in the Exodus through troubled times. Deuteronomy 33.26 There is none like God, O Jeshurun, who rides through the heavens to your help and in his majesty through the skies. The eternal God is your dwelling place and underneath are the everlasting arms." The Pantocrator God is the one who holds everything, and underneath are the everlasting arms. They aren't here today and gone tomorrow, they're here every day of your life. The everlasting arms reach down to carry you to his home. Now this Greek word Pantocrator is used ten times in the Greek Septuagint Old Testament translation of the Hebrew Bible in the second century. The Bible is translated from Hebrew into Greek, 2nd century. The book of Revelation draws from the Greek Old Testament. And I'm just going to very quickly go through them. We're not going to look up all these verses. I'm going to summarize what each one of these 10 verses says. The first Septuagint usage is 2 Samuel 5.10. David here became great because of the Pantocrator, Almighty God, who was with him. He made him great. The second passage, 2 Samuel 7.8 eight. The almighty Pantocrator God chose David from a humble state to be both ruler and king. He established David. The third Septuagint usage is 2 Samuel 7.25. The almighty Pantocrator God confirmed his word to build for David a house he couldn't build on his own. Now the fourth usage is 2 Samuel 7.27. It's a direct source for Revelation 1 verse 8 and Revelation 1.1. 1, 1. It says, For thou, O Lord of hosts, Pantocrator... The God of Israel has made this apocalypse, this revelation to thy servant, saying, I will build you a house, therefore thy servant has found courage to pray this prayer to thee. Here God is the almighty Pantocrator God who gave to David an apocalypse, a revelation in the Greek of his will, just like God gave the book of Revelation, the apocalypse to Jesus in Revelation 1 verse 1. The fifth Septuagint usage is 1 Kings 19.10. Here Elijah was jealous for the Almighty and felt like he was all alone in the face of an apostasy. But a pantocrator God was with him. One person plus an Almighty God is always a moral majority. The sixth usage, 1 Kings 19.14. Again, Elijah calls on the Almighty pantocrator God who can save his life as he feels all alone. He's not alone because God is there. The seventh Septuagint usage, 1 Chronicles 11.9. Here King David increases in greatness because the almighty Pantocrator God is with him. The eighth usage, 1 Chronicles 17.7. The almighty Pantocrator God turned David from a lowly shepherd boy into a shepherd king. Number nine, 1 Chronicles 17.24. The name of the Pantocrator Almighty, deserves praise in the context forever because his power is such that he causes his people to live forever. The tenth usage is First Chronicles 29.12. I want to look at this one because it sums up the meaning of them all in a single verse. This verse will be used in Revelation 5.12 to describe Jesus who has conquered It says, both riches and honor come from thee, and thou rulest over all. In thy hand are power and might. In thy hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. When the Lamb appeared in heaven in the book of Revelation, after the crucifixion, after that awful dark hour of Calvary's cross, after he had risen into the very presence of God, an echo of this verse became the song of the Lamb in the book of Revelation as he took the scroll that was hidden in the hand of the one who sat upon the throne that had seven seals that no one could open, the mystery that no one could unlock. He took the scroll and he opened it. And between the two poles of Alpha and Omega stands a Lamb who has authority, a Lamb who has power to bring God into your life. Revelation 5.12, the universe proclaimed, Worthy is the Lamb. Quoting First Chronicles 29.12, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Dear heart, if you lack personal power to overcome evil in your life, You need God's power through Jesus Christ. Because he has overcome for you already. His victory can be imparted to you. If Christ's victory is not secure, there's nothing to give you. It can be given to you in life. If you can't stand against the forces of evil, Jesus can stand against them for you. If you can't persevere in life, Christ is the gift of perseverance for life. And if you can't overcome sin on your own, no one can. Jesus can overcome sin in you, for you. And if you can't see the future with hope, Jesus is the future that is full of hope. And if you can't find the way here, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life that leads to a home that is there. Christ holds Pantocrator kind of power in his hand, and he is the great I am Redeemer who has redeemed you. At the cross of Calvary, Christ reached out into eternity, Alpha, and they nailed His hand to the cross. He reached out to Omega. They nailed His hands to the cross. And between the two poles of eternity, Alpha and Omega, it was the God in the middle that mattered most. The God who was saying, Father, forgive them right now at the cross. And in Christ, the Pantocrator God, held everyone in his arms on Calvary's cross.
0: Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxen Tenko in today's Reaching Your Heart.
1: Years ago, I was lost on a road void of resources and without money and mercy. I was searching for God, hoping I would find Him on the road, a road I couldn't see far into the future, a road I didn't like, a road I was on. My father had just died when I was 15. I scraped up a little money at school to buy a car for about $200. When I turned 16, I had wheels. Suddenly I was transformed into this mobile teenager who could do something this summer with his wheels. My car was a rust bucket, Plymouth-like car boat from New York State, the Rust Belt, and it looked like the state it came from. It looked like a boat that had rusted away. It had holes in it and things were stuck in there. You, know, you sprayed the foam to kind of take the place of the panels. I was 16 and I was proud of my first car in spite of how it looked. It had a distinctive color, of rust remover all over it. It was unique. Now, after my father died, I left my boarding school at Fletcher Academy. I'd sold many of my books. was able to get enough money to get this thing insured for the summer. I decided to drive to the Atlantic coast to sell Christian books for the summer. Now, I was wanting to find God by selling these books. With my father's death behind me, I embarked on an adventure to find the God who I hoped would be a father. I was in hot pursuit of a God I couldn't see and a God I couldn't find on my own. I remember as I was driving down the interstate, 40, probably going about 65, 70 miles an hour, going through North Carolina to the coast, the Atlantic coast, I was approaching Durham, North Carolina, my way to Jacksonville, and one of the rusty side panels on the back of the car just kind of flew off. Whoosh. You could see it in the rearview mirror, just this flash of color. Whoosh! Now, I hope it didn't hit anything that was behind me. Sometimes you need to just keep driving, right? And Not look back. I just kept driving. And then I heard the sound from behind that made me pull over and stop. I heard a big bouncing sound of the back rear tire smacking the road with repetitive beats. It's a bad sound to hear when you're driving. Bump, 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 bump. I turned off the interstate, and sure enough, the tire was ruined. The retread tire that I had bought for the summer, you know how they put new tread on these old tires, and hopefully they'll last a week or two? It bubbled up on the back, and it was kind of like this big bulge on that back right tire. So there I was, standing in the middle of nowhere, with a quarter in my pocket and no idea where I was going. It just so happens that I broke down just before an exit into Durham, North Carolina. I went to the end of the exit, and there at the end of the exit was a conspicuous-looking telephone booth standing right there in the middle of nowhere. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was looking down this exit, nothing there but a telephone booth, and it looked very inviting to me, so I walked right toward that telephone booth. Now, Superman, in need of a telephone booth, would not have thought to have found it right there. I mean, this was a crazy place to stick a telephone booth. How in the world would it be right there in the middle of nowhere? My only chance to call, my only chance for help, somehow I knew, was that telephone booth. So I walked to the booth. I looked in. There was a book that was on the shelf there. It was closed. I looked at it, and I thought to myself, well, let me open that thing and see what's inside. I looked, and I was looking for one name. One name because it was the only name that I had as a center of reference at that time of my life. It was the name of My father. I looked for the name Oxentanko. Now, my father's last name is Oxentanko, and that is the name I look for in the book. But that was not the name I had that day. I was adopted by Jesse Whitfield Davis, and I was not yet an Oxentanko. I took the name back years later when my first son was born. I didn't look for my last name, which was Davis at that time. I looked for my father's name, A, B, C, D, all the way down to O. The O all the way down the line to the last name on the list of O's, OX Oxentanko. There was my father's name right there in the phone book in the middle of nowhere. But that is not all there was in that phone book. My name was there too. The name Michael Oxentanko was in that phone book. Oxentanko, Michael. Huh you see my father Leroy Oxentenko has a brother and his name is Michael Oxentenko, and I was named after him Leroy means the king and Michael means the one who is like God I was looking for my father's name and I found the name of Michael the one who is like God it was his brother's name and my name they're in a curious mix in the middle of nowhere in that book I took the quarter I had in my pocket. I had nothing in my pocket, but that little change. I put it in that phone machine, and I dialed the number beside the name that meant a lot to me. My father's name and my name linked together my brother's name. I don't remember the number, but I remember the name. Then I heard the voice on the other side, Hello, Michael Oxentenko here. I said, My name is Michael Oxentenko too, and I'm in trouble. He said, Where are you? I was standing in a telephone booth all alone. I needed someone to save me. I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was 16 years of age, and I didn't have a clue. I found myself in a mix of a problem. I wanted to find God, and I couldn't find a way out of my own mess. The voice on the other side was the closest person to my father in this world. I told Uncle Michael that I'd broken down, I needed help, and I was discouraged. He said, no problem at all. That telephone booth you're standing in is just down the road from where I live. It is a straight shot from my house to you. He came to me from the very spot I was calling out, and he took me to my car to lock it up and to secure my things, and he took me home, and I stayed with him a few days. He got my car going, and I found in his house the comfort I needed at that time. And when we drove into his driveway, he pointed to the hill and the highway that was just beyond the driveway. He said, the best that I can figure, you broke down right over the hill. The closest spot to my house is there. You broke down next to home. I shunned to think what it would happen if I would never opened the book and looked for my father's name inside that book. Dear heart, God has given the book of Revelation as a revelation of Jesus Christ. When you look inside the book of Revelation, you will see Jesus there, no doubt. But you will also see the Father's name in the revelation of the Son of God. It is true that you may have broken down in life, but God is the Pantocrator, the one who holds everything, the Almighty. He holds you in His hand between the Alpha and the Omega, the polar ends of eternity. In the plan of God, and the providence of God, He has allowed you to break down between the eternal poles of Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The very place you have broken down in life is the very place that is closest to the house of God, to the heart of God today. When you call in the name of Jesus, you're really calling on the Almighty God to come to you and save you for his home. In Jesus, you will know the Father who loves you. In Jesus, you will be saved by his Redeemer, the I am Redeemer. In Jesus, your name will be secured in his name, which is above every name. Friend, open the book of Revelation and read it. Put away the biases. Make the call today and hear the voice of God on the other end of the line, not far from where you've broken down, eager and waiting to bring you home. It is the voice of Jesus that will answer. Between the two poles of eternity, the I Am Redeemer will come for you, the Alpha and the Omega.
0: Well, thanks for listening today to The Pentecractor That will conclude this broadcast. You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com along with many other messages that are archived there for you. Again, a reminder, you can visit us at the church for the worship service every Saturday at 11 o'clock. We'd love to have you there. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road,